Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is some bullshit. This is the game where we find out if this is the bullshit. I am Nasua. Dude. And alongside with me is co-producer Smarts. Smarts, what's going on with your player? Everything is good with me. How's everything with you? You got any big plans for this Memorial Day weekend? Trying to go to the beach to do some work. That's all I can tell you. But at the same time, Jers did tell me about a cookout and some celebrations. That's basically, let's just say it's in Hooterville. So, handguns I may need. <laughs> but I'd rather go to the beach. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but what about you, sir? Um, well, what are you doing? Well, I plan on being in Atlantic City, the mm. Hard Rock, to see our boy, mm. Dave Chappelle. Charlie Rock? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yes. So we're going to check and see if your conspiracy is real or not. Let's see if Vince McMahon come down and make something happen for us this weekend. So you telling me Ray is going to jump on the stage and act up? <laughs> oh, oh, nah. She ain't going to act up. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Let's see who he offends. Let's see if somebody comes off the, you know. Let me find out you're flexing the same way Ludacris is flexing. Let me find out you got an honorary degree. All right. <laughs> Let's play the game. Let's just play the game. Let's go. Smart, I'm going to toss up the headline. Let me know if you're interested. The Hill has reported Wu-Tang studio worker wrongfully convicted wins settlement from New York City. Yeah, what's up? What, what happened? What happened? What happened? New York City Comptroller Brad Lander announced Monday that the city will pay $7 million to a man who spent 23 years in prison for a murder he didn't commit. Grant Williams, 51, filed a claim against the city alleging police misconduct and civil rights violations after he was exonerated last summer for the 1996 murder of Shadell Lewis on Staten Island. Williams was convicted without any significant evidence or a confession. While no amount of money can bring those years back for Mr. Williams or his family, I am pleased that we are able to move quickly to a fair and early resolution of this claim. This is what Lander said in a statement. The city's charter gives the Comptroller authority to settle claims made against the city, including wrongful conviction claims. The early resolution of this claim is in the best interest of all parties and city taxpayers. Williams' conviction came largely because of eyewitness testimony and no forensic evidence or surveillance video tied him to the crime. One witness, a police officer who chased the gunman, initially gave a description that didn't match Williams at all. Prosecutors have also connected a baseball cap emblazoned with the logo of the hip-hop group the Wu-Tang Clan to Williams, who worked at the group studio on Staten Island. But the hat was never DNA tested, according to the Associated Press. Landers' office said police had also ignored a witness who claimed Williams wasn't the shooter and the officers did not make a record of the interview. Irvin Cohen, who is Williams' lawyer, told the Associated Press that the city did the right thing in agreeing to a pre litigation settlement. Cohen said the state has also settled a separate $5 million claim from Williams. Smartside asks you, is it the bullshit that I lost the settlement after I bought a handgun, a wig, a dress, a YSL chain so Atlanta police can mistake me for young thugs? Wow. Oh, you know what's even more BS? <laughs> That's crazy. You know what's even more BS? <laughs> he was a Wu-Tang studio worker. You gotta give all that money to Rizzo. Wow. 
Smoss, what's going on, Smoss? How are you? Oh, what's up, Smoss, what's going on, Smoss? What's up, man? Smoss, what's up? You ready for this one? What's up, Steve? Smoss, are you ready? Check this out, Smoss. Smoss, here we go. So fadeaway.com has reported that whether you agree or not with my takes, Stephen A. Smith, you know the man, the myth, the legend. You can't agree that the man that is me has become one of the most famous and widely recognized faces at ESPN. With that unmitigated goal, you know where I am. Whether it's first take, NBA Today, or even Stephen A's role that you can watch on ESPN+. Plus. The world-renowned broadcaster that is me. I am the best in the business, and I know it. Ahead of Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals this past Saturday, Stephen A. Smith, that's me, Smarts, that's me. I made headlines after a video caught me entering the arena with maximum swagger, okay? I'm talking about maximum, maximum swagger, big-time swagger. And unsurprisingly, every fan on Twitter loved every minute of it. That's right. I even had people on Smarts, pay attention right here. I even had people on Twitter hating on me. Some guy named Nate Kaplasaw. I thought it was Nate, you know who, but you know, he gets his ass knocked out by me. But anyway, wow. he said he walking around like he averaging 32, 9, and 6 this series. Smarts, I ask you. Smarts, I ask you. Check me out. Hold on, Molly. Molly, Molly, hold on one second. Smarts, I ask you. Is it the bull that I am averaging 32, 9, and 6? I got 32 pissed off NBA disappointments mad at me per game. Ask the Ray, ask Kyrie, okay? I got $9 million a year from ESPN, and I got six visits from my home health aide, Molly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yo, yo, not Steve. <laughs> so BS, bro. And finally, and finally, according to CBSNews.com, students graduating from a historically black college in East Texas were told at their commencement ceremony that an anonymous donor had paid their balances. Wiley College said in a news release that over 100 students were gathered for graduation this past Saturday when the school's president made the announcement. The college posted a video of the ceremony with the students being told, you are debt free. You do not owe the college a penny. We are constantly communicating with donors to assist students in these ways so that they can begin their after college experience with less debt. This is what Herman J. Felton Jr., who is Wiley's president and CEO, has said in a news release. The college said in a news release that the estimated total for the balances owed to the college by the graduating class of 2022 was about $300,000. Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, Smarts, Smarts, I ask you. Yeah, I know that's not, that's not that hot, right? Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, Smarts, Smarts, I ask you. Smarts, are you ready, Smarts? Smarts, are you ready? <laughs> Three hundred million or something, but go ahead, bro. <laughs> Is it the bull that Donald Trump will buy black just to keep the state red? You ain't gotta answer that. Thank you. You. Bye bye. Three hundred million or something. It's a bunch of us. I'm a head in the colony. Everybody on their mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash your bird 40 on it. Yeah, I'm acting dirty if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the Now River of New Jersey. The pilot of Tuskegee Training, the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuru. What up, passengers? We are first in priority. Donate to the Cash App Dollar Sign the Late Night Flight to get this work from minorities. The Late Night Flight, oh, you never heard of it? Turn up the turbulence. 
Catch us on these Apple Podcasts and these Spotify services. iHeartRadio, YouTube, and the Late Night QR Scan. Download Audible, download Amazon, just to hear us back and forth like a U-Haul fan. Hey, I started out not ahead of you. Now look at me, young pilot with a better view. Making sure you can hear all 91 episodes wherever, wherever, wherever. Podcasts are available. Now let's take off. Hey, yo, kids, it's time to keep them lights on. Let's make this happen. Say no to bland and tasteless foods and yes to heat and flavor in a bottle. Naja Grill Spice Mix is your new spice hub for all food creations. These Nigerian-inspired spices give that mild, hot, extra hot, and zesty kick that hit different. Hey, yo, and you know what? You're talking about one of my favorite spices. I use it on everything from spaghetti to salmon. I have all three flavors, mild, hot, and extra zesty. And guess what? Even when I'm out, I sneak it in and put it on my fries and on my popcorn. Hey, yo, I'm glad you said that. For all you snackhead movie watchers out there, go order that Naja Grill Spice popcorn so when the next time you see the first person killed in that horror movie, you got that spice to munch on. Go ahead, search Naja Grill Spice on Etsy.com. Use the promo code FLIGHT20 to get 20% off right now. That's right, spice. That life with Naja Grill. 45, 47, 15, 30, 37, 38. This is the Late Night Flight episode 91. We're about to get into Indiana Mike. This is the new Netflix special that Mike Epps has hosted. He's doing his comedy special, all that good stuff. I just want to give a quick assessment. So, Dante, check me out. She should check me out right here. I believe that the same way Spike Lee has paved the way for Denzel Washington, I think that Ice Cube has paved the way for Mike Epps. Now, the funny thing about Mike Epps is I used to think Chris Tucker was the better version in Friday. That was just me because when he left Friday, he did Fifth Element. Then he did Rush Hour. He did Money Talks, which is, uh, I'll get to Money Talks in a second. Matter of fact, I'll get to it right now. Money Talks to me, is the A-list version of All About the Benjamins. But, 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 I like All About the Benjamins. That's a funny movie. And that's the thing about Mike Epps. Mike Epps has that, yeah, but he's funny thing to me. It's like, yo, Mike Epps, you know, he all right, but you know what? He funny. He funny. He damn funny. He has that Martin Lawrence physical style, that slapstick Richard Pryor physical style. And it's funny because the thing about Mike Epps is, Hey, Chris Tucker got to be a $20 million man. Absolutely. But guess what? Ice Cube helped Mike Epps be a working actor. Uh, Next Friday, Friday after next, or you can call it third Friday. What's a good word for Friday after next? I want to do like two Fridays, then the next one, (laughs) two Fridays, then the next one or December 21st. I don't know. Anyway, Friday after next, all about the Benjamins. He did. He had another role in The Hangover, had a role in. Roll Bounce. He's been in a lot of different movies, just, you know, those 10, 20 minute cameos. And then he's been doing those viral flicks for a little while on Facebook and uh and IG. It's a funny guy. Like, I cannot knock Mike Epps at all. He's not on the level of your Chris Tucker, your Dave Chappelle's, your Wanda Sykes, but he's always working. He's on the Upshaws right now on Netflix season two. Y'all got to check it out. It's actually not a bad watch. So, Keisha, let's just get right into it. One, two, three, four, five flights. You already know what we like to do over here. What did you think about Indiana Mike? Mike Epps returns home to Indianapolis, Indiana, and, you know, he he did a show. So. Go ahead. Talk about it. 
Well, um, I think I already know how many mics you're giving it, but um, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I I like Mike Epps because I feel like he don't really have to spend a lot of time writing his work. I think he's just naturally witty, so he just come off as he he's funny no, no matter what he say. Um, but I mean, I'm gonna give my flights at the end. The parts that I did like about it, I, I got a good laugh out, out of the pigeon toe high body basketball player. That was that my was favorite. Me. That was that my was, favorite. That was now, my favorite. Oh, wasn't that like the first five minutes too? So you already know. Um, Smart, you're in the background, I, I, but I do have to say this real fast. I wish that for five minutes this podcast was visual, just so I can show you the pigeon toe high booty move because it was. Nah, we don't want to see it. <laughs> Yo, well, I, <laughs> but you had I, to, I, you had to see Mike Epps do it though. No, it was it was funny. It's because I play basketball, so I understand the lingo when he said it like that. But uh, continue, Keisha. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, the, the comment about the Popeyes, it started off funny, but, mm, you know, it kind of, it wasn't all that. The parts that I found was hilarious, to me, that I felt was hilarious was just the genuine naturalness of it. Like his lawyer being in the audience and standing up, you know what I mean? The mayor standing up and he having to be a white dude, just like, hey, how you doing? I'm out here. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. You know what I'm saying? And I did get a couple of laughs out of his COVID comments about like how people stand at each other in the um, Walmart or whatever. That was true. I definitely agree with that. And I don't know what what did he say next? I mean, I, I'm gonna give it about three and a half flights because I like him, you know, and, and I got some good laughs out of it. I didn't fall asleep. And um I, I'm gonna be honest, the one comment he said about the tissue being missing, but the soap wasn't, and he was like, you know, I can tell a lot of people wiping their ass, but they not washing it. That made me laugh because that that legitimately was the truth out here in the whole world. Like tissue was gone, but body soap was still sitting on the shelf. So Okay, I, I think I'm going to um, mess up my invitation to being a pilot because I'm not that big of a fan of Indiana Mike because of some of the reasons that Keisha said. Now, of course, I don't put Mike Epps in the categories of like your Murphy, Chappelle's, this, that, and the third because he is more of an improv comedian. He's off the dome with it. And so this felt like a small town homecoming charity event with cameras for me. So it's like outside of a myriad of, you know, your, your, your little jokes. The thing about Mike else with me is like the jokes, he always have dope setups. We have little moments and it's like, ah, you know, like no real punch. It's just like quick one-liners. Like I thought he was going to be onto something. He was like, oh, if a woman's coochie stink, does it mean the kid's going to be a badass kid because he grew up in a bad environment? I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. We onto something. Then they booed him. They booed him. Yeah, that was yeah. that was actually getting funny. I was like, hold yeah. up. Now, if it was Dave Chappelle doing it, he probably would have gave him some long-form, long-winded joke that got him to that place uh-huh. and everybody would have fall out dying. Mike Epps yeah. just said it. But at the same time, it was naturally funny, like Keisha said. Right. So I, I, I like I like that one. Um, when he went with the COVID jokes, like how black people, how we, we need our stuff flavored, like the 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 watermelon. The watermelon Pfizer, you know, all of that. So like, I thought that was dope. But for me, you know, it just it just seems like it, it was just a hometown thing because he talked about, you know, Indiana. I grew up here. This happened. My mom worked here. So it, it just felt like a charity event. Like the highlight for me was when he was like, you know, I know everyone here, in here personally, all this Hollywood for the cameras. And that's just what it felt like to me. Like, all right, this is just for this is for the town. I'm showing love. Thank y'all for supporting me and getting me through this. Through my career, uh, I'ma just talk some. We're gonna laugh a little bit. We're gonna go home. That's what it felt like to me. So, two and a half flights. 
One flight. <laughs> one flight. Hold on. <laughs> one flight. But but it's sad that I'm giving a one flight because this is the guy. Whenever Hollywood is ready to make the Richard Pryor movie, this man might win an Oscar, and you didn't even know it was going to happen. I mean, yo, this guy made me truly believe that Black Americans do not support each other. Because let me tell you something: if Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell, who is not and he knows it is not a great stand-up comedian at all, but got to make all of the money with all of these movies that he got to make. You telling me Mike Epps wouldn't be great in like eight movies from Paramount Pictures? Are you kidding me? Yo, Mike Epps would be great, yo. He's a better comedic actor than a stand-up comedian. He can't carry a stage for an hour. The last five comedian specials or comic specials, whatever you want to call them, they, no disrespect, they've been tight trash. They have. No disrespect. But he is great at those 15-minute cameos in the movies. Man, if Ice Cube want to put out any type of movie he want and you just put Mike Epps in it, he's going to make it work. I don't like to give Mike Epps a lot of hate. I'm but I just want to be honest about it. Like, yo, as a stand-up comedian, he's terrible. But y'all won't do that to Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish is not a great stand-up comedian either. But she's the <laughs> on film. Like, yo, I can't. Yo, please give me more Tiffany Haddish. That's just how I feel about Mike Epps, man. He's very good at television and movies. Um, he's a C-list actor, but so what? He's a very good C-list actor. And to be honest with you, I mean, I wish that last Friday would have, I wish last Friday would have came out. I really wish it would come out, for real, for real. Because to see what Mike Epps and Chris Tucker do with Ice Cube, then we could really have that real high school discussion. Because I know all of us had that discussion. Which one was funnier? Mike Epps, Chris Tucker. Matter of fact, we'll do it right now. Dante, you start. What's up? Chris Tucker, Mike X. Let's do it. Of course, Chris Tucker. You, you have to go. With All right, stop right there. That's enough. Keisha, Chris Tucker, or Mike Epps. Let's do it. Hurry up. That's not fair. Chris Tucker was only in one. Mike Epps was in many. And I'm going to go with Mike Epps because it was funny with Mike Epps in it. All of them. All the last ones he did. Smart, real quick. Hurry up. Get on the mic. Mike Epps. Mike Epps. Yes. I will say this. I'm going to just say this. So, I'm going to say Chris Tucker, but I'm going to, I have to say this. Chris Tucker was in Friday the movie, okay? Mike Epps was in Friday the Lifetime BET special. We'll be right back. This is The Late Night Flight. It's not really fair because Chris Tucker only got to do one. I really would have liked to see him in more than just the one. But when he stepped away, Mike Evans did a damn he good did a job. Job, good job. The damn going, good job. Okay? Yep. Damn now, good we job. We out here making real to myself. Yeah. yeah, I'm about to get the huh. And you're like, huh? Yeah. Like we out here mm-hmm. reenacting. Like, I yeah. mean, we still got some Fridays, but it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? It wasn't enough. We needed, we needed last Friday. Last Friday would have concluded everything, yo. I, 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 I just think the, I think the love came was like, all right, we show Mike Epps a lot of love because he made it his own. Like his part in Friday and his contribution, he made it his own. But we always had that thing like, ah, we just, if only. Because the story didn't finish. Yeah. We didn't get the whole, yeah. we didn't get yeah. the, the full story. Yeah. It was just like a whole piece of the story with Smokey. It just was a right. void. I just got to say this one quick thing about Mike Epps because the pilots on the plane was like, damn, you didn't say one thing about the show. Because it was trash, honestly. But, but I do want to say this. Think about the corporate world, Smarts. In the corporate world or some, 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 some low-key jobs, like me, when I was a security guard, I was 21, somebody came to the post, right? And I'm like, yo, why is this dude in a security guard 
outfit like me at my post. So I'm like, yo, bro, what's up? He was like, yo, I'm here to uh, get trained by you. I said, why? Because they're going to have me replace you. I was like, huh? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, we was both young, so I guess he was brash just as much as I was brash. So I, I had to just take it as that. Well, I was like, well, let me get in my car. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be fine. I'm 21 years old, whatever. But what I'm saying is, if let's say if Mike Epps is in the same office with Dave Chappelle and Wanda Sykes and Kevin Hart, all those good people, right? I would like to be the manager that'd be like, hey, hey, Mike Epps, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sore. How, what's going on? Hey, listen. This is the new guy. Remember we had the new guy that I told you about him? His, his, name, his name is Tony Baker. Yeah. Oh. Let him, let him sit down with you. Oh, my and God. And just learn everything that you want to do, whatever. And, you know, whatever. It's all good. We're one happy team. That's what I think about Mike Epps right now. Tony Baker is someone that does a lot of Mike Epps style stuff, but he does it with his own originality. The animal voiceovers, that already take him to a whole nother level because it shows like a whole nother brand. Like it's the Tony Baker brand. Tony Baker with his YouTube right now, his new, his YouTube channel, is like his own TV station. He just got his own stuff going on with Kev on stage and his team. But what I'm the point I'm making about Tony Baker is that he has real material. Right. Visual and audio. Right. Mike Epps does not put together a joke anymore. He's just trying to Eddie Griffin his way to success. And to be honest with you, at least Eddie Griffin may recycle his shit. It still sounds like a real joke. Mike Epps just sound like a drunk from Detroit. I mean, from Indianapolis trying to say something. Cat Williams, World War Three Netflix special. You know about it. We heard about it. Before we talk about it, though. Let me just let you understand that. Um, my inspiration has never stopped. So I'm as inspired by the guys I'm watching on TikTok as I am inspired by a Richard Pryor or a George Carlin. George Carlin was an atheist. How close can I be with a guy who don't believe in God? Richard Pryor really was a crackhead because he said he was. And yet he is our king. So imagine. Yo, cat, you got to stop. Yo, cat, don't call Richard Pryor. Don't do that. That's in his autobiography, sir. In his autobiography, he tells you who he slept with, what he did. That's what made him the goat is because he did not hide the things that were bad in his life. The things that you wouldn't tell anybody about. He told that not he crossed over. He married seven white women. That's not crossing over. That's crossed over. I got to say this. Smarts, you let me know if you agree with this. I think Cat Williams is the DMX of black comedy. Oh, absolutely. He is, without a doubt, someone that is impactful. He is impactful. Yo, he's going to always have a fan base the same way DMX will always have a fan base. DMX may not be the greatest rapper. He doesn't have to be the second, third, fourth. Hell, he don't even got to be the 15th. But whenever he come out, everybody coming out. Right, right, right. Wow. I want that edited out because that was so like... <laughs> baby box. Wow. I'm not going to laugh because I couldn't do no better. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, woof, woof. <laughs> I'll probably keep all that in there because that was funny. But anyway. It, it was. It was funny. All jokes aside, though. But just remember, the Pimp Cat Williams. That's the one that Ice Cube founded. Oh, Ice Cube is out here. Right. But anyway, Keisha, talk to me. You a big-ass Cat Williams fan. Right. I'm going to try to sum this all up into something like two minutes. But, you know. Well, I start from did. the beginning because your, your, your Wi-Fi sucked. Dang. 
See, Dante, what you done? <laughs> nah, nah, don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. Nah. <laughs> don't put anyway, that on me. Um... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, my bad. So, um, so yes, I'm a big Cat Williams fan and I really enjoyed this stand-up. It wasn't, it wasn't pimping, pimping Cat Williams. It was, it was to me just, you know, the regular Cat Williams or whatever. He had a perm. I mean, did he have a perm? No, he had a head on. Um, so I did like how he went into liars, how they think they smart in other people. I really enjoyed the chicken wing shortage because I was like, yo, there wasn't no chicken shortage, but there was no chicken wing. So yeah, make make it make sense. Hold on one, one second, Keisha. Hold on. You know what? Hey, uh, Smarts, take yeah. my ticket back to Shelby. I, I don't want that ticket. G- g- give me a train to PG County, all right? <laughs> Keisha, I'm feeling you over here. That chicken wing joke, that was a joke. See what I'm saying? Like that setup right there when he did the movement and showed you like, yo, two wings, two thighs. Right. Why are you, you telling me it's a wing? How yeah. is it a wing shortage? But we got hella thighs. I mean, Rick Ross showed me it was hella thighs. He said, nah, dog, we got thighs now. Doo-doo. We already know. Right, right. That was brilliant. Go ahead, Keisha. That was brilliant. Absolutely. Right. And, and also his comment about if chickens could fly. Because I know for me, I die because I couldn't catch not one flying chicken. So I'm glad they don't fly. You know what I'm saying? I, and I love the way he talked about Joe Biden and, and not in the sense of what he is as a person, but how he kept in, increasing his age. Oh, you know, Bi- Joe Biden, 97. <laughs> oh, he's 98. So that to, that to me made me laugh like hysterically. And on top of that, he like, yeah, we asked Joe simple questions like Joe. So, let you know, tell us this and that. He like, well, you know, how they got the COVID shot, blah, blah, blah. Now, I I enjoyed that. The, the comment about the water, like we got, we, we know the ingredients, but we can't make it. Like, I was like, yo, I never like, that's some junk you think about when you like just sitting at home high or something. I'm like, yo, he made me think about it just on a regular day. I was like, yo, I do know the ingredients to water, but I'm not going to make it. And, you know, then he got into the, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if we're going to believe this. And I got into the. I was like, yo, he put God in. I was like, yo, like, I'm not going to front. When he had this one comment saying men need to value because you me and I make a copy of you. Oh, my God. I was like. Who like who who is writing from he come up with this stuff by himself? Because I was like, yo, I know this happens, but like hearing him saying the value of, you know, and then drop and 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 just all kinds of things about something that I have that I never thought about. I was like, yo, Cat Williams got me thinking. Now, Nas, I do have a question for you. Um What's up? Would you mess with somebody with drop? Um, I mean, I could make it wet, so. Sure. Um, the definition of drive means <laughs> what's that? You can't make it wet. You, you gotta lube it, it up. <laughs> That's what I said. I said I could make it wet. Didn't I just say that? You, oh, okay. You That's what I just said. But yeah, so I just had to ask you that. But you know, I'm gonna give Cat Williams for me because I'm a super fan. Five flights. I really he spoke his mind. Um, he didn't care about what the audience said. And everybody in the audience already know it's Cat Williams. You're going to get what you get. And I would say he is definitely the king of underground comedy. One, one second. Before you go, Dante, hold on. Keisha, I disagree with that facsimile joke. Because Cat Williams, this little short mother, he always trying to play up women. I got to say this. If women are the facsimile, then mother, the man and I is the Microsoft Word, okay? We are the document. Don't ever... You would forget about the other half. Don't ever do that. But anyway, Dante, go ahead. Talk to me. You kind of stole my joke because I was going to say something similar to that. This is Cat Williams that we all know and love. Like, like he isn't what we came to, to love him for. But this, this special was summed up in 
in what he said in the beginning. He was like, they don't make conspiracies no more because the truth is fucked up enough. And so he went off of that theme. And that's what makes Cat Williams and honestly put in some of the greats because he, he gives you your jokes. He goes political. He goes cultural. He gives you that the, the shock value jokes or whatever, whatnot. But he all keeps it within the same thing. You know, everything kind of worked in together. The, the chicken shortage with the wings, but there's, you know, in the thighs, you know, and he went with the, you know, you, you, you don't want the last, you just want something different. So we created, we traded in a crazy deranged motherfucker for a weekend at Bernie's. And then he went on with Joe Biden, but it all stayed within the same theme of they don't make conspiracies no more because the truth is up enough. And I'm going to tell you some truths. But then he went on with Adam and Eve. It was like, no, the story of Adam and Eve. That happened because he was a hoe. Because she was a hoe. She ain't eating no apples. It wasn't a fruit. The fruit you're talking about, she was a hoe. Like, you know, so all these different types of jokes. But overall, here's what I think about it. And here's when I looked and just saw the presentation, saw him, how he performed, how he moved around. It was like watching Michael Jordan on The Wizards. You know? It's like, this is Cat Williams, a legend. Hands down, nobody, even the greats, the Chappelle's and Hearts, they will all give Cat Williams his flowers. But you also see where he may be riding in on, you know, his, his latter days, so to speak. Well, I'm okay. going to point one thing out to you guys, and you probably, when you go back and watch it, you're going to catch on to what I'm saying. I went to go see it live, and it was hilarious. You know what I'm saying? Because there's an ambiance, there's a lot going on, and it's a mood in the zone that you gotta that you get into. I think the production was bad. It was bad production. If you watch the Netflix show and you listen to it, you hear him like he's on stage, which means every comedy show, you hear the microphone and then it's the mic and then it's in your speaker to your ears. In this particular production, it was the stage. You can hear him off the stage from the speakers to your ears. So the audio quality wasn't really, really that good when you're watching it in your ear in your living room. And subconsciously, you don't like that. So you're not going to enjoy it as much because the audio quality wasn't there. And if you go back and watch it, you'll understand what I'm saying. You'll hear all the reverb, all the ambiance of what's happening inside of the production, inside of the, uh, the stadium or whatever he was in. And if you watch any other comedy show, when they talk into the mic, they sound like us. Like how we talking into the, to our, to our audio equipment. They forgot to put his audio feed into the mixer to video. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. One second. I, I gave you a minute and 30 seconds so you could sit here and have a, a conversation that we be having that's about, why he, about that's podcasting. Why, that's why he sound like, like we having a podcast no, conversation I mean, right I mean, now. Because what are you subconsciously, talking about? that's why you didn't enjoy it as much. It's I'm me and you, you and Dante having a podcast conversation it's, on Zoom it's, right it's now. It's like that, bro. It's like, eating, Keisha? it's like eating stale popcorn, boy. You ain't going to enjoy the movie. The popcorn was stale. Okay, I got you. I got you. I understand. How many okay. flights, sir? I'm going to give him four flights. Did you take one away for the audio? I took one away for the audio. Yes, I did. <laughs> I sure okay. did. All right. <laughs> I sure did. Next thing, if you need a sound man or somebody on the side, it's going to make sure you sound good. Can I holler at your boy? That's it. Two flights. <laughs> Two flights. Three for audio quality because you ain't getting on this show if you ain't got the right audio <laughs> quality. Two flights. Okay. Two flights. Let's just get to it. Two flights. To be honest with you, chicken joke, that was the joke that stuck in my head. I like that joke. That was pretty good. You know what? To be honest with you, it's, it's just not the pimp. 
It's, it, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. That's what got him on. That's what made him him. When he, make, when he puts the pimpology into all of his jokes, when he makes it, like, I can understand women liking the God, I'm sorry, not the God, the, the water and the joke. I get that. I get that like a mother. I really do. Imagine Cat Williams delivering it 10 years ago with the pimp flow. It would have been knocked out dead funny. It would have been amazing. Cat Williams, even though he is, he's a goat. I, I, I'll give him that. He's a goat. But he's a goat that lost to Kevin Hart. He's a goat that lost to Dave Chappelle. He's a goat that lost to Wanda Sykes. That's just what it is. Two flights. This comedy show was... Eh, eh, eh. And I wish he was pimping all over again. What the f***? This that pilot f- right here. Ms. Heard, you edited out the portions that made you look bad before sending it to TMC. <laughs> You're very wrong about that. So that if I wanted to leak information, I could have done it in a more effective way a lot sooner and a lot more. Because I was living exactly with a mountain that, right? of this evidence. If I wanted to leak it, I could have done a lot more with it. I thought you testified earlier in this trial that you didn't know how to leak things. I don't. Right. You edited that video before you gave it to TMZ so that only Mr. Depp would look bad. Yes? That's absurd. Give me the post real fast so I can run this down. Give everybody an example of what we're talking about with absurd, unaware, absolute. Okay, so this is a DJ that resides in the South. Okay? What state? I'm not going to tell you the state. Okay. Because there's obviously somebody on here that doesn't want us to tell us your world, which state it is. I tell you what. I tell you what, do, do it like this. Since we won't, we won't say his name. If it's from where I think it's from, can you, can you give me at least two bars of a baby verse? Oh, no. But it is the baby. Okay. <laughs> but this DJ, right? Okay. His name is DJ Chuck T. Uh, right. And he, he just, he had something to say about Kendrick. Okay. So this is his, his post. This is his statement. Yeah. He says, Kendrick Lamar sold 286,000 first week with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh-huh. For comparison, Drake sold 613K, Kanye 309K, J. Cole 208K. Uh-huh. And his statement was, the game doesn't reward long breaks. While you may think you're building anticipation, you're really losing the attention of your fan base. Be consistent. Don't sit on music. Um, and that's pretty much his statement. And I guess we'll talk about whether we, you think is absolute, absurd, or unaware. So here's the example. Great by you. Great job by you, Smarts. So mm-hmm. this is absurd like a mother. Mm-hmm. This guy who has 55,000 followers on Instagram, this is who you follow? You follow somebody that say something asinine like this? I mean, he's a DJ. He's doing big things, man. He, you know, he, he's worked with every artist in the game that come through there. They speak to him. They talk to him. They perform with him. He's, you know, he's well-connected. I well get respected. it. I get it. He's well-connected and ill-informed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me help you out. Okay. So think about this for a second. Jay-Z, eight straight summers, right? Consistent. That was the most consistent thing that in rap history. What was his most selling rap album? Can anybody answer that right now? Right now. Can anybody answer that? Was it the Blackout? No. Volume two. Okay. Think about that. His third album. The man made eight albums in a span of eight years. His third album is his most selling album. Okay, but he did that. It was year by year, though. It was consistently every year, right? But here's the thing. If only one went five and the rest like went one or two or three, it's like, yes, it's consistency. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is that he hit his peak already. It's the same thing like LeBron James in the NBA when he went to the finals in his fourth year. 
was like, damn, he reached his peak already. Okay. But luckily for LeBron and his athleticism and how he works out, his peak just stayed on a, a course for like 10 more years. But still, I mean, no one expected that to happen. Okay. In four years, like, oh, you at the finals. Here's the thing about just Kendrick Lamar. First of all, the last album, let's not forget, he won a Pulitzer Prize off it. And then we're in the digital era. For all I know, Dante, can you look this up real fast? Look up how many, uh, like, what times platinum did the damn album go in 2017 as I'm as continuing to talk? Because here's the thing. Kendrick Lamar is not a popular artist the way Drake is or the way Kanye is. Kendrick Lamar is an acquired taste. And that's why someone like me calling him the king of rap is even more funny and even more incredible because he's not that artist that is the workhorse, the work hard, I'm going to do every feature like Drake and all that. Drake did the Jay-Z move completely the right way. I'm going to be on every feature. I'm going to do everything I can so you can hear me no matter what. So even when I put out some music that is okay, I'm going to still get 600 million streams off it the first week. No problem. Kendrick is the acquired taste, but to have 286,000 without some real anticipation, I think that says a lot. And on top of it, it's just the first week. Everybody's projecting this to go platinum. Again, we learned this last week with Future. If you can go platinum in the digital era on your album, I think you're doing a great job. Oh, of course, no doubt. I don't disagree with that at all. I got the numbers here, Dante. You got them? Yeah, I got Okay, them. okay, my bad. Go ahead. So, uh, damn, his last album went triple platinum. Yo, and think about this, because we was talking about, yo, how these new artists, how they're going to sell albums. Yo, I think that now since everybody gave up CDs and now everybody knows they're going to be, they're pushed to the aux core, they're pushed to Bluetooth, they're going to the streaming apps. Everybody's in on the game now. So now we're going to see real sales go on. I'm very fascinated to see what the next three or four years is going to happen with these next hip-hop stars because they have the ability to go platinum all over again, even though it's going to take billions of streams, but yo, they're doing it. What I can tell you, um, they're going into NFTs. So a lot of these artists are going to take control and take their, their power back from the labels and platinum is not even going to matter. Three times platinum is not going to matter because when you sell 100,000 copies, you might as well went platinum because you're more bang for your buck. So let's switch it up. Jordan Peterson announced that he was quitting Twitter after receiving backlash for calling a plus-size model. Her name is Yumi Ni. I'm sorry, Yumi Nu. My apologies. She's an Asian curve model, an Asian voluptuous model. And she was on Sports Illustrated not too long ago. Now, Jordan Peterson, let me ask you something. Keisha, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Yes or no? No, I didn't know she was originally. No, I'm not talking about the she. I'm talking about oh, the he, the Jordan, guy, Jordan um, Peterson. No, I didn't know who he was originally. Smarts, Jordan Peterson, you know him? No. Okay, Dante, Jordan Peterson, you know him? Yep. It's always the podcasters. So, <laughs> this guy, no, check it out though. Oh, oh. So, Jordan Peterson is this guy who is making a mountain of money on YouTube right now. He's a former, well, I don't say former, he's a retired professor from the University of Toronto, has a lot of different uh, liberal and conservative views. He started out filming his, his lectures in his school and that turned into a lot of views and then now he's just doing podcasts about the evolution of lust and masculinity and toxic masculinity. This guy is, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's like this visual version, visual, this visual viral version of Robert Greene, the, the 48 Laws of Power. This guy's like, he's, he's on that type of level. Mm -hmm. But 
I don't know what type of masculinity he thought he was doing this time. He wanted to put out a tweet. So he made a comment regarding the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover that uh, the model, the Asian curve model, Miss New was on. And he said that, sorry, not beautiful. Talking about her on the cover. Mm. So I'll just stop it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Set everything on fire. All right. You already know. He quit Twitter. Now, I don't know if he deleted his Twitter. Dante, yeah. do you know if he deleted his Twitter or we just going to stay? He quit Twitter, which means he, he, he took a break. He quit Twitter. He gave his account over to his team. So it, it's still around. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not like the conservative thing to do. Okay. So Keisha, let me know. Do you think that this type of post is absurd? Is it absolute or is it unaware? It's absurd. Um, I just feel like he put himself in a category with men who feel like they should have an opinion on, on a woman's body um, when nobody, when, you know, when you really shouldn't, especially when it comes to curvy women, because for a long time, it was a bunch of women who looked like they were malnutrition modeling. So when you have an Asian woman who is curvy on the cover, I mean, for a lot of curvy women, um, regardless of your nationality, this is a win. You know, so for for just him teeing that up, he should have known that was going to be a L. You know what I mean? And, you know, we should be able to normalize women expressing themselves no matter how their body look, even if they missing a limb or an extremity. It shouldn't matter. I mean, Fetty Wap came out, he's missing the whole eye and we embrace that. But this curvy, beautiful woman gets on the cover of a magazine and then for whatever reason, he felt like he had to go up there and put his opinion out there. Nothing wrong with having your own opinion, but just remember, you know, you have a brand and you are a person that people possibly might see as, you know, a mentor or somebody to look up to. So sometimes when you have an opinion, it's best to just keep it to yourself. Can I ask you one question? Sure. One question. Check me out. Let's say Elon Musk is ready to tell everybody you can just say whatever the f*** you want when you want, right? Can you tell me, right? because you're a woman, tell me, what can a man say if he did feel as though, in, in the Elon Musk Twitter era, by the way, if he wanted to tell this woman, yo, I don't really, I don't feel you on this cover like that, though. Like, what could he, he say? I'm just asking. He, he can say it directly to her. It, so everything don't need to be put out into the public. If you feel some type of way, he I'm pretty sure he could have reached out to her. He has a lot of followers. I mean, he's podcasters known, people know him, he's known. He could have just said it to her. He probably could have bumped into her or possibly just reached out to her people and said, This is how I feel about it. Sometimes it's best to just say your opinion directly to the person, you know, wh whether it's good or bad, and then that's that. You know, I was I was torn. And I'm still kind of torn between absurd and unaware uh -huh. Uh -huh. because of some context here. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Because I, I want to say absurd because one, when it comes to Jordan Peterson, you, you shouldn't act like this was new to you because, you know, his ticket to fame to where the reason people know him is because of controversial things just like this, where he said some stuff and people, and it just caused a firestorm on social media. So like, this is, not the first time that this has happened to him. So I'm like, so now this is the time we're like, okay, guys, now you want to quit Twitter? I thought it was absurd in that case. And then I feel like it's also unaware because, you know, the way he was trying to explain it as far as um, it came across as this plus size curvy Asian woman is not beautiful. 
and you being a very white looking white man, um, you are going for the European centralized standard of beauty. And that's what people was coming after him for. And of course, his walk back was like, well, you know, I'm speaking on, um, you know, the, the health and, and obesity that is not healthy and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, I don't know if you was aware of what exactly you were saying, how you said it, but all in all, I'm, I'm going to have to lean. If I have to pick one, I'll have to say it's absurd because it's like, you've been saying things for years now and been causing a firestorm. It was at one point that they considered him uh, a, a talking point for the alt-right and the white nationalist people. That's just how crazy some of his takes has been. They're like, oh, you must be a white supremacist and all this type of stuff. So it's like, this is it. This is a new ground for you. So like, so why all of a sudden now you're like, okay, I'm going to quit Twitter. So overall, if this is what causes it for you to leave social media, then it's absurd. According to Wikipedia, they're saying that Peterson has characterized himself politically as a classic British liberal and a traditionalist. He has also stated that he is commonly mistaken as right wing. The Washington Post described him as an aspiring conservative thought leader. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. someone like him, when you have that type of mindset where you have this uh, philosopher mentality, everybody wants you. And when I mean everybody, I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans. We need another Ben Shapiro out here on these streets. And we need that type of political personality that 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 lobbyist if you will that can speak our our message to the people that say oh you know we don't really like politics they always on some bullshit that's why we never vote when you listen to a Ben Shapiro or a Jordan Peterson they're supposed to be that right wing or left wing uh you know advocate if you will a Paul Heyman type if you will okay now for me to answer all this is definitely in my opinion unaware Real simple, because this is a guy that believes in, I don't want to say hardcore masculinity. I call it hardcore masculinity because it's, it's British masculinity and they definitely think that they hardcore. <laughs> but, right. but realistically, yo, I'm saying it's unaware because, again, me and you, Smarts, we talked about this with Representative Eon Omar, the Queen of the Fifth, where we talked about that picture that was on the plane with the guitarist mm-hmm. and she made that tweet. and. The tweet was fine. Everything that she did was fine. And I was over here making a making a stink about it because I'm like, man, I just wish politicians wouldn't tweet at, at all. Right. This is how I feel about Jordan Peterson. It's like, dude, you are this big time YouTube celebrity. Now, I don't follow you like that. I'm pretty sure none of us do because none of us, only two of us, the podcasters know who he was and that's because we podcasters. Right. The thing is this, bro, you know better. Like, you know better. You ain't had to say none of that at all. Even if you wanted to DM her, I wish you would have took a step back and been like, why am I even going to DM her? Like, this, this, this has nothing to do with me whatsoever. I feel as though that controversy makes cash so much. And this is just what these YouTube personalities are trying to do. They're going to put their foot in the water, take their foot out, foot in the water, foot out. Because realistically, they're online. We're on a keyboard. It ain't like nobody going to come up to Toronto. Hey, yo, Jordan, what's up? I'm about to beat the f- out of you right now for the things you be saying. Ain't nobody um, doing all that. It's coming. I mean, the baby out here, yeah, he doing that. <laughs> but I don't see the baby going up in Toronto going to fuck up Jordan Peterson. You know what I'm saying? 
And let's not bring black people up about that because the last time somebody from Canada wanted to go fight somebody, they wound up shooting a stallion. Wow. We'll be right back. This is the late night flight. So Amazon has this new app. It's called AMP, A-M-P, which is funny to me because Amazon Music plays podcasts. Now they have AMP, this whole new app that does live radio. And for a second, I'm like, oh, they're going back to radio. They, they tied to podcasting. And they ain't kind of like that. Ain't that ain't that type of party, Nasur. So Joe Button has a show on this AMP app. It's only for iPhone users only. Thank God I have a work phone now. Thank you, New Jersey Transit. Okay. So I download this and you basically listen to Joe Button on Hot 97 all over again, which is fine. They do call-ins. It's cool. Whatever. Here's my gripe real fast. Jeff Bezos, I am asking you for a favor because I am doing speculation. Smart's looking at me right now like, are you serious? Like, I don't do speculation. I like to do facts. You know me. I am podcast Batman. I do research. Tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. You all right? Yo, Jeff Bezos should give Joe Button a $100 million contract, a 10-year, $10 million contract, the same way they did Joe Rogan. Joe Button, without a shadow of a doubt, and this is an opinion, but I think it's a fact. I think he is the number one voice as far as multimedia in hip hop today. I think he is. And you know what? I want them to do that because him leaving podcasting for $100 million, and I know he would, that gives room for people like me and you, Dante, okay? That immediately puts the late night flight in the top 10 easily. Like, I'm, re- I'm there already. I need him to go. I need Jeff Bezos to pony up the money so Credo in the late night flight, we could just fly off and do what we want to do. What you think about that? That's exactly how I feel. Because, you know, all flowers to Joe. Because and especially when it comes to, you know, him being a leading voice, especially in hip hop and urban culture, because he has consistently trailblazed this, this lane for us to be able to, to, to thrive and come up in. My only gripe with the whole thing is they know they should have called this thing mood music. Cause that's basically what it is. <laughs> so, you know, they should have called it new music, you know, but he, he's the perfect one to do this. The only concern I have with Joe about this is I just hope that he doesn't find himself in another, in another Spotify situation where he's like the guinea pig to see if it works. And then they throw that hundred million to somebody else. The only thing I'm concerned with, but I think he learned from that mistake. And I think it's like, nah, I'm going to show you the value and I'm going to show you how I can drop up the value and then you're going to want to run that bag. So, other than that, I love it. Wake up to make up That's all we do First you love me Then you hate me That's okay So I want to leave y'all with this relationship topic. This relationship topic is from a story. We're not going to talk about the story. We're not going to talk about the characters in the story because it's based on a true story. But I have a question for you. So according to CNN.com, there is a woman by the name of Caitlin Marie Armstrong. She is wanted on first degree murder charges. She wound up killing a cyclist, 25-year-old Anna Mariah Wilson. Anna was dating uh, Caitlin's boyfriend at the time that they took what you call in America a break. What happened is that after the break is over and the two console and they get back together, 
allegedly the man is still dating the cyclist and the woman chose to, let's say, push her off the huffy. So I'm trying to figure out, is a break a real thing? Is it something that we should pay attention to? Is that something that you should really consider in a relationship if you love a woman or if you love a man so much? Like, yo, I'm going to let you fly away and see if you come back. Because to me, when people say things like that, like, yo, you know, if I don't let you go, how would I know if I missed you? That sounds like some 20-year-old shit when you about to go to college. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm going to school four years. I, we'll see what happens when we come back. But like when you're 30 and 40, it's like uh, a break. Who you, who you <laughs> saw on Instagram? I don't give a f- what you doing. You ain't getting nothing. You about to, about to, about to break everything before you even leave. <laughs> like it, it turns into something. So I just want to know. Somebody talk to me about this. Please let me know. Is this a real thing? Breaks or nah? What's up? Talk to me. Um, I don't think breaks are a real thing. Um, anyone that wants to be in a healthy relationship shouldn't even really consider a break. It's basically you're breaking up and you're getting back together. And whatever happens in between that time is really not your business anymore. So when you go back to the person, they want to know what you did while you weren't with them. It's a trap. It's, it's, it's just more higher level of toxicity. You know what I'm saying? Yo, why do people ask why or like who? Like you, like you don't know what's going on. Um, b- because I, who knows? I mean, people just want to know the details. I guess they want to live it vicariously through your words or something. I don't know. Cause I don't want to know. I'm like, bad boy. I don't want to know if you, I don't, it's none of my business what you was doing. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Dante, are you a fan of Fabulous? Do you listen to any Fabulous mixtape? Yes. So the summertime shootout, I think the last one that was out with bombs and cold summer. There's a there's a there's a song or there's a, a skit somewhere in one of those songs where the dude is asking the woman like, oh yeah, you was with that dude. I told you wasn't with that dude, and she was yeah. like, well, well, we we was broke up. What you mean you had sex with old girls? So I did what I did. Oh, worse, so you sucked his what? What what you think you did? Like it's like, sex. What, what, what you think and he was he was going crazy. Started crying. He just, he just turned into a whole nother human being, and I was like, "Yo, what's wrong with this ferret?" You know what I'm saying? Like this guy's wilding, yo. That was a good word, right? You like what I just did, Keisha. Anyway, because I'm, I'm I'm saying he's a rodent. I'm not talking about anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I thought that was so weaselly. Like, why would you even ask if she's gonna be back with you? I'm not saying you got to take her back. I'm just saying. Why ask? You already know. Like, she's been having sex with you for years. You think she ain't trying to have sex with somebody else? Y'all have a break? Are you out your mind? Anybody else go? Go ahead. I mean, I don't... I I think a break is just basically breaking up, too. I mean, unless y'all taking a, part, a, a break because of health reasons or whatever, but I, I think if you're going to take a break, you might as well just break up because like everybody else said, when you come back, I mean, even some people might not even ask. You might get a phone call from the old shorty not knowing that you back with your dude and now here go all the questioning. So, I mean, I think a break is just a headache. And if you if you need a break, then y'all need to break up. Honestly, to me, this just doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense because it's like, okay, so what you're telling me is we're not together, but we're still kind of together and we're going to like come back together. But in the meantime, we're not together. No, nah, that, that doesn't make sense. That that's There's too many... Factors and variables in there. No, if if you want to have time apart, or whatever your reason may be, that means you're not together anymore. And what ha- whatever happens after that, then it's happening between two single people. And that's that's just how I see it. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the fastest rising podcast. Hey yo, what the f- this is a pilot right here. 